round 11 of the 2023 Formula One World Championships, and we are at the forever iconic Silverstone Circuit, home of British motor racing and the birthplace of Formula One. This year also marks the 74th running of the British Grand Prix as an F1 championship event. I'm Victoria Scanlon, and this is Anver Racing. Country history and stats. It was in 1707 when Scotland formally joined with England and Wales to form a United Kingdom of Great Britain. Great Britain sits approximately 243,610 square kilometers. For a reference, Great Britain can fit into the United States about 40 times over in terms of land size. According to a 2021 World Bank stat, there are 67.33 million people living in Great Britain. Here's a fun fact. Over 500 pubs in the UK are named the Red Lion. Around the world, Great Britain is known for its sports. Soccer, rugby, golf, boxing, and cricket were all invented in the United Kingdom. They're also known for their literature. It is home to Shakespeare, Jane Austen, and J.K. Rowling. They're known for the royal family, medieval castles, and the forever classic dish, fish and chips. Built in 1942, RAF Silverstone in Northamptonshire was used by the RAF during World War II as a training grounds for bombers. The Air Force was operational from 1943 to 1947. At the time, England's other two circuits, Donington Park and the legendary Brooksland, had fallen into absolute despair. And so it was that the runways of Silverstone became adopted by the Royal Automobile. Automobile Club as home for the British Grand Prix in 1948. In 1949, it was reshaped and that remains the base of the track to date. When the Formula One World Championship was incepted in 1950, Silverstone held the very first round. Silverstone, 5.89 kilometers, total distance of about 306, 52 laps, 18 corners, two DRS zones, and about 11.3 meters of elevation change. We're going to see top speeds of around 332 kph, fastest lap record set back in 2020 by the one and only Max Verstappen with a time of 127.09. Last year, Carlos Sainz had his maiden Grand Prix win here at Silverstone. First GP held here in 1950, of course, and home GPs for Lando Norris, George Russell, and Sir Lewis Hamilton. Let's talk about a few of the headlines making the news this week. Upgrades. Mercedes continuing to bring upgrades to the W14. This week, bringing a new updated front wing. McLaren's upgrade package also continues to roll out, bringing a new front wing, nose, and suspension setup. This week, Aussie driver Oscar Piastri will get a feel for the new car, and we are hoping to see some results. Alfa Romeo bringing significant upgrades this week with a new floor, diffuser, rear suspension, and rear brake duct. The Swiss team has been scraping the bottom of the barrel so far this season, so let's hope these upgrades bring some momentum to the team. Last but not least, AlphaTauri bringing possibly the most upgrades in the paddock. New floor body, floor edge geometry, diffuser, rear wing, engine cover, 
and Beam Wing. The Red Bull sister team has not been living up to its expectations so far this season. And with talks of driver shakeups, Alpha Tauri has a lot to prove moving forwards. Changes to the track. Last year's accident, which saw Chinese driver Zhou Guan Yu go flying into the catch fencing, brought safety concerns to the surface, and the venue has delivered on some significant changes in an effort to make a safer venue for everyone in attendance. Where there once lay a 45-meter deep gravel trap at turn one, this year you'll notice the gravel has been replaced with asphalt. In other news, big news here, the 2024 calendar is out. So start putting those dates in your calendar. We are seeing a shakeup to the traditional format in 2024 in response to criticism that travel between Grand Prix is ineffective and it comes with hazardous environmental impacts. So next season, F1 is pairing races based on geographic location in addition to accommodating major world events. The calendar features 24 races and China will be making its comeback next season. Other notable changes include the Saudi and Bahrain events being shifted to accommodate Ramadan. Finally, come for the racing, stay for the concert. It is an entire fan experience at Silverstone this weekend. Fans will be left feeling satisfied with an incredible musical lineup. Over the course of the weekend, fans will see performances by Calvin Harris, Jess Glynn, Cat Burns, the Black Eyed Peas, and more. Let's get into free practice. Free practice one. What a beautiful sight. Just, I love the views we get of Silverstone, especially the aerial views. It's just beautiful. The English countryside, the rolling hills, the grassy pastures. Ugh, I love it. Um, we start off with DeVries having a spin out at left field, turn seven. More than a few drivers struggling with grip here. Halfway through FP1, we have Ferrari, Red Bull, and Sargent sitting at the top of the timesheets. Williams did bring that upgrade package last week in Austria. We know this is a very comfortable track for them. They're very familiar with it. Of course, it's their home race. Uh, so no surprise that the Williams car is doing well here. Both Mercedes drivers on the flip side communicating with the team that they're feeling vibration through the steering for Russell and bouncing according to Hamilton, hoping those things, those kinks can be worked out before the second practice session. At the end of FP1, we have Verstappen sitting at the top of the timesheet with a 128.6. FP2, Aston Martin's looking pretty strong. I feel like they haven't been super dominant in the last few races, as opposed to the top of the season where they were very much in contention for wins. Um, That said, looking strong here in FP2, Stroll just inching out his teammate by a few tenths of a second in terms of lap times, which I find surprising because we all know Lance Stroll isn't the star driver of that team. FP2, uh, time's improving slightly, but not majorly. We still have Verstappen sitting at the top of the timesheet with a 128.07. Let's come to FP3. Okay, Saturday morning, 90% risk of rain. Last night, Mick Schumacher was in the sim doing some work, trying to help out the team, figuring out where they can pick up a couple tenths of a second, hopefully seeing those results come through for the Mercedes team today later in qualifying. 
last few minutes of practice and the rain as we were pretty much promised starts to come down. Before the rain hit though, we did have LeClaire sitting at the top of the timesheet with a 127.4. Granted, this was on the slick soft tire. Still doesn't stand up to what we saw Verstappen set in FP2 on Friday. So going into qualifying. Going into qualifying, we know the RB19 is fast. We know they do well, even in the wet. Uh, Gasly seemed to be pretty content with the rain, shaking his head after free practice, indicating that he's looking forward to it. So maybe we'll see some good things from him. And then Mercedes, of course, picking up some speed in that third practice. So time will tell what will happen here. It's always a gamble in qualifying, I feel. You're never guaranteed anything, so stay tuned. Qualifying, we have the soft C3, medium C2, and hard C1. There seems to be a little bit of rain in the air, but it's not too major. Out on track in Q1, we're seeing a mix of the inters and the soft slick, so quite a divide between the teams. A couple teams really leaving it to the last second, Williams being one of which, 20 seconds to the start of Q1, and they switch from the inters to the slick. And it was a good switch because it comes very clear within the first few laps that it is a dry circuit, and yes, the slicks are the tire to go with. With just about five minutes to go in Q1, there's a yellow flag in Sector 3 and Magnussen in the house comes to a stop out on track, brings out the red flag. Conveniently, he is right at the pit entrance. So literally, the marshals just have to push him into the pits. Um, Unfortunate for him, though. This obviously guarantees that he'll be starting at the very back of the grid. Then Verstappen hits the pit wall coming out of the garage. He just undershot it a little bit. Then cut to Hamilton, who is at the top of the pit lane waiting to come out. And he is taking his sweet time. You can see Verstappen behind him just riding his ass right behind him. They are inches away from each other. So if there was any question whether or not there was tension between the two still, yes, very much so. I mean, in any race this season where we have seen Hamilton make it onto the podium, there is virtually no discussion or eye contact between the two of them in the cool down area. Very tense still. Uh, Williams, who was looking so, so strong in free practice, is not having a great turnout so far in Q1. They go for their outlap, make a very quick flyer, and oh my goodness, they shoot up. It's a 1-2 for Williams. Bodass down in S Sector 2. Ooh, no power, no good. Uh, After putting a time in, though, so he has at least secured his spot in Q2. Uh, Of course, we have to say goodbye to five drivers, leaving us in Q1, starting from 20th position to 16th on the grid. We have Magnussen, DeVries, Joe, Tsunoda, and Perez. Wah, wah, wah. This is not a good streak for Perez. He has not made it out of Q3 for four races now? Yikes. Uh, On the flip side, sitting on top 
right now is Lando Norris, home race hero. Let's get to Q2. 15 minutes on the clock and we get some sunlight peeking through the clouds. So nice. Fast forward to the last five minutes of qualifying and the crowds are out of control. The roar from the crowds, the support for their home race drivers is unbelievable. You can hear it through the com box commentary. It's wild. Uh, Verstappen sitting at the top of the timesheet with a 127.7. Out in Q2, taking their place on the grid for Sunday's race. P15 through P11, we have Badass, who of course lost power out in Q1, so he didn't even go out. Sergeant. Akon, Stroll, and Hulkenberg. Great news for Gasly, out qualifying his teammate. Uh, and good news for Albon as well, making it through to Q3. Sergeant, I mean, good results for him too. This is the best quality he's had all season. Q3, all the Brits have made it. Feeling good. Five minutes to go. Verstappen is setting a quicker time again with a 126.7. Shaving off an entire second there. Here is the starting grid for Sunday's race. We have Verstappen sitting on pole with Norris next to him in the McLaren. Taking P3 is teammate Piastri, his highest qualifying so far this season. In P4, we have Leclerc, teammate Sainz in P5, Russell P6, teammate Lewis Hamilton in P7, Alex Albon P8, Fernando Alonso P9, and rounding at the top 10 is Pierre Gasly. Back half of the grid, we have Hulkenberg P11, Stroll P12, Akon P13, Sergeant P14, Badass P15. Hopefully those issues are resolved for tomorrow's race. Uh, Perez P16, Sunoda P17, Joe P18, DeVries P19, and Magnussen at the back in P20. Post-qualifying, you can see the McLaren team in the garage celebrating with popsicles or ice pops as you would call them in the UK so cute they look so ecstatic p2 and p3 for them for tomorrow's race what a great result let's hope they can hold on to this and maybe make it a double podium for their home race podium prediction all right without even saying it, you know I'm going to predict a Verstappen win. It is it is what it is. It's undeniable. He's going to win. That's a fact. <laughs> I can see the future. I see it happening. Uh, P2, I have put Leclerc. He's starting in P4 behind the two McLarens. I just have a good feel about him. He set the fastest lap in FP3, so we know he's got some speed there. Uh, Teammate Science behind him in the starting grid. I feel like the two of them can help press on. So I'm predicting a Leclerc P2. And my final step on the podium, I'm going to put Norris. He is poised for a podium position should nothing go wrong. So I'm going to throw it to him. Norris, you're on the podium for me. And if he does make it, this would be his first podium finish of the season. Let's get to Sunday's race. 480,000 fans coming through the turnstiles this weekend. 
We have a beautiful display by the Red Arrows, which is the equivalent of the Snowbirds here in Canada. The acrobatic aerial team uh, from the Royal Air Force. It's just spectacular. They look great. Uh, Looking a little gusty out on circuit, which could be a factor in today's race, but time will tell. Lights out, and we are racing in Great Britain. First things first, I go, what? I literally stopped the race, went back about 20 seconds, and watched the race start four times over. What is this race strategy from McLaren? Like, Piastri dips out to the side. It's almost like he had a fake out that Verstappen then needs to try to cover and defend. And then Lando Norris just slips in there to lead the British Grand Prix. What a fantastic feeling. Again, the crowd goes bonkers. The roar you can hear as a British driver leads the British GP. It was so wonderful. I started to tear up in all honesty. Uh, Here's where we are in terms of places gained and lost in the first two laps. Norris up by one, Verstappen down by one, a little switcheroo there. Biggest shift in the grid, Tsunoda up by three. And on the flip side, Hulkenberg down by three. Otherwise, not too much big movement, a spot here or there, nothing major. Let's get to some race highlights. So Norris, of course, leading the race until lap five into Brooklyn, where Verstappen uses the DRS to overtake Norris and take the lead. You know what? It was fun while it lasted. Lap seven, Hamilton using the DRS to overtake Fernando Alonso, regaining back to his starting grid position, looking good. Lap 10, Ocon retiring into the pits. This reminds me of Gasly and Canada, and let's say it all together. When it comes to Alpine, the problem is, ready? Reliability issues. So many reliability issues. Like, I think Alpine has had the most mechanical and or technical issues of any team thus far this season like next next to that I'd probably put Alfa Romeo but in my mind Alpine has had a rough go of it halfway through this race and our top three are Verstappen Norris and Piastri those two McLarens hanging on I can't even imagine how tense it must feel at the McLaren pit wall and in the garages There is so much at stake right now. They have a shot at a double podium at their home race. Like one slip up and this could all blow up in their faces. So I'd imagine it is laser focused over there. Lap 30. Piastri gets called into the pits and Hamilton slides up into P3. This is where it went wrong for McLaren. Piastri was not able to regain the positions he lost there. And I think this was a strategy error for McLaren, honestly, because this is what lost them that double podium. 
Virtual safety caller alert. That's right. Magnuson on lap 33. His car is pluming with smoke. He retires. The full safety car comes out, which means a little bit of a free pit stop for our drivers. Hamilton goes for a pit, comes out ahead of Piastri, still holding on to that third place. Safety car restart coming up, which gives a little bit of a chance for Piastri to perhaps overtake Hamilton, but it does not happen. Five laps to go in this race, and we're looking at Verstappen on top, Norris in P2, Hamilton in P3. We get a very late black and white flag for George Russell. Four laps to go, a black and white flag for Norris. This could absolutely throw a wrench in his plan if he exceeds track limits one more time, that five-second penalty will kick him off the podium. Luckily, Norris plays it safe, and he finishes in that P2 spot. It is the best finish for him this season and the best finish for teammate Piastri in his F1 career. 11 wins in a row for Red Bull Racing, the 43rd career win for Max Verstappen. As far as Hamilton, who takes the third spot on the podium, this is his 14th podium finish at the British Grand Prix. Here is the entire finish lineup. We have Verstappen, our race winner. Norris takes P2 and Hamilton rounding it off in third. Piastri, so close but not close enough, finishing in P4. Russell, P5. Perez, making his way way up there, finishes P6. Alonso, P7. Good finish for Alex Albon in P8. Charles Leclerc in P9, and teammate Carlos Sainz in P10. Just outside the points, the best finish in F1 for Logan Sargent, finishing in P11. Badass P12, Hulkenberg P13, Stroll P14, Zhou Guan Yu P15, Tsunoda P16, DeVries P17. And of course, we had three DNFs with Akon, Magnussen, and Gasly. Fastest lap set by our reigning world champion, Max Verstappen, a 125-16. Let's take a look at driver championship standings. No movement within the top five, but a little bit of switcheroo in the back half. The biggest shift here is Piastri. He has gained three positions, taking himself from 14th to 11th in the standings. Biggest loss coming to Hulkenberg, down two positions into 14th. On the constructor's side of things, also pretty steady. A little bit of a switcheroo for McLaren and Alpine. McLaren gaining one position there. Biggest movement is coming from Williams, up two spots into seventh from ninth. A really promising result from Williams this weekend. Let's rate this race. First off, we had beautiful weather this weekend. A little bit of rain, but hey, it's England. What are you going to do? We had some fun overtakes, a little bit of safety car drama in the middle, two Brits on the podium, and I mean, come on, it's Silverstone. It just gives you the feels. So I am giving this race an 8.5 out of 10. 
It's time for Super Fan of the Weekend. Super Fan of the Weekend. This was a toughie. I'm going to have to say it. There were so many great supporters out there. Mega support from Eclair. And I saw tons of that new hat design. That sort of neon yellow and dark charcoal tie-dye. Tons of that out there in the grandstands. Lots of flags, of course. Tons of Union Jacks everywhere. I am, however, giving our super fan of the weekend to, drumroll please, the granddads. There were a couple that stood out this weekend, but to all the granddads who brought their granddaughters to the race, it was so sweet. These young girls and their granddads enjoying a weekend of racing, passing on this beautiful passion and love for motorsport into these young girls. It just tugged on my heartstrings because I, of course, have a passion for Formula One racing. And my granddad, who lives on the other side of the country, when he found out I have a podcast about Formula One racing, he was so surprised, but also so excited to hear that I was into it. So when I saw these girls and their granddads, I just, ugh, it hit me right in the feels because I have such a strong bond and connection with my grandfather and I know that if things were different and we could be at a race together it would be such a fantastic core memory for both of us so good on you granddads for taking your granddaughters to the races you are our super fans of the weekend What did I learn this weekend? What did I learn this weekend? Well, this weekend on Tech Talk with Laura Winter, an F1 resident technical expert, Albert, I learned all about the radio communication systems. Now, going into this, I thought, yeah, it's a radio. I know how a radio works. Duh. No. My mind was blown. I had no idea what I was in for. I learned about one-way radio communication. This is the kind of communication that is used between mechanics, engineers, drivers, race director, and strategists. Now, when you look at the headsets that are worn inside the garage and on the pit wall, you'll see two sides with two buttons. There is a driver button and a garage button. This was news to me, so you'd have to be really clear with which one you're pushing. Along the pit wall, there is an intercom style system. It acts like a switchboard and it's a fiber optic system in which two-way communication is possible. This is where I was surprised. This system is used to connect the factory to the pit wall. Uh, You can talk to the tire team, you can talk to the chief engineer and the chief mechanic, etc., etc., There's also a Bolero system, which is a mix of radio, intercom, and two-way communication. Then I learned about the spiral cord, or the umbilical cord, as they call it. Now, this is one thing that I got totally wrong. For some reason, in my head, I had imagined that the umbilical cord, which I'm sure you've seen, when the driver comes into the garage, there's that spiral cord that gets plugged into the car and I always thought pressurized air uh cooling 
uh, gathering information, like measure. I don't know. I, I I had no idea. That is a direct line. It's a private line between the engineer and the driver, and that's the only private line that's available to teams, and it's only available when the umbilical is connected. So now you know that spiral cord that comes down. That is what connects the race engineer to their driver. Uh, inside, speaking of drivers, they have a tiny mic and earbuds, of course, in their helmet, which allows them to communicate during the race. And those silicone molds are fitted to the ears of the driver exactly, so it is a nice snug fit and there is no movement uh, and no adjustment needed to be made. At any given time during a race, there are approximately 60 people on each team who have radios. There's a little bit of knowledge for you, perhaps new knowledge to you as well. Here are my thoughts leaving the British Grand Prix. First and foremost, McLaren. These upgrades that they promised us. We know there is one more round of upgrades to come next time we're racing in Hungary. So we'll see what kind of power this brings. This weekend was pretty spectacular for them. So can we see a double podium next week? Maybe. Time will tell. Uh, I also thought Williams had a fantastic show this weekend. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for them. On the flip side, Alpine. Mm, a little bit concerned for them. We know they just got a big boost in that deal that was struck between Ryan Reynolds, Rob McLehenny, a couple other A-list celebrities, and a few investor groups. So maybe this will bring some hope to the team. Obviously, it's not something we'll see immediately come into effect, but... Perhaps towards the end of the season, definitely fingers crossed for next year. That's it for me. That's all I have for you this week. Thank you for joining me on this look back at the 2023 British Grand Prix. You can, of course, listen in anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll also find me on Instagram and TikTok at AWR underscore pod. We will see you again in two weeks time in Hungary. Talk later. Bye.